Hold on to your butts. Hello and welcome to episode 47 of the Reviewed Movie Podcast. I am Ivan Kander and as always I am joined by my two handsome debonair co-hosts Dave Glanz and Mike Morandi. Say hello gentlemen. Hello gentlemen. And this is the podcast where we talk about classic movies in a modern cinematic context. If you want to uh, find us on the web, you can do so at reviewedpodcast.com, at facebook.com slash reviewedpodcast, and um, you can email us at contact at reviewedpodcast.com. Thanks. Thank you very much, Mike. And on today's episode, we are going to be discussing the 1981 John Landis film, Just in Time for Halloween. We're going to be discussing An American Werewolf in London. Did you hear that? What was it? A coyote. There aren't any coyotes in England. What happened to them? Well, the police report said they were attacked by an escaped lunatic. Must have been a very powerful man. Jack and I were not attacked by a man. It's an animal. A wolf. Did he say a wolf? Yes, I believe he did. So, I do want to make it clear it's werewolf, not werewolf. Werewolf. Is this a pronunciation thing you have an <laughs> yes. issue with? I, I don't know if you just said it right now, but I've heard other people say it and it drives me nuts. <laughs> Wait, what, so, like, what is the incorrect one? Wolf. Wolf is incorrect. Wolf is wolf, correct. Wolf is not correct. Yeah. Wolf. That is incorrect. <laughs> There's an L. Wolf. Wolf. No, oh, not, this not, is going to be a long podcast. <laughs> just one werewolf. I have a speech impediment. It's fine. That's it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll, be, we'll be good. Anyway, uh, this is a film uh, that was chosen by Dave, and I'm going to try to read a quick plot synopsis from the internet, if you mm. don't mind. It's uh, 1981. It's a British-American horror comedy written and directed by John Landis, and it talks about uh, it's about two young American men who are backpacking through London, and they are attacked by a werewolf. Werewolf? I can't do this. this is good <laughs> it's, a, it's a werewolf. It's, it's the thing that says wolf. That's fine. Werewolf. Werewolf. <laughs> werewolf. There you go. There you go. That's, that's fine. We'll roll with that one. All right. Um, uh, they are attacked, and uh, this obviously uh, causes ramifications where one is begins to turn into such a mystical creature and the effects that it has in the surrounding London area. Is that, the, yeah. is that decent? Yep. Um, that's, that's good. So, also sex and a lot of it really um <laughs> this is a movie that is Wolf sex this is a movie that's culturally notable for a variety of reasons one major being the fact that it is the first film ever uh to be awarded an academy award for best makeup um so that happened it actually invented that category i guess they created it for this film hmm. and uh took home that award um, so that for that reason, also, uh, John Landis is a very famous filmmaker. He's a big Hollywood name. His son, Max Landis, is currently a screenwriter in Hollywood. Um, so uh, there's that legacy. And also, Did we do a John Landis film before? Nope. No. Oh. And um, I'm actually not that familiar with John Hughes. With- no, yeah, I, no, no. I'm definitely not thinking of John Hughes. No. And uh, you know, going into Halloween, it's an apt choice. This is a horror movie. It's also very famously uh, noted as a horror comedy, meaning it combines uh, a bunch of different genre elements to create this film. So, starting with you, Dave, since this is the movie you chose, um, there are uh, hundreds of horror movies we could have discussed in this podcast in revisiting classic horror movies, and we've only basically talked about one which is a nightmare on elm street um sorry yeah nightmare on elm street a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. um why this one uh this is one of my favorites uh 
And you know, I, I would argue that it is a classic in in uh, in the, in, the um, in this genre, which I would classify as comedy horror, which is not horror comedy, comedy horror. Or horror, it's or, very or, different. Horror very comedy. Different. I mean, which is I mean, if you no, we got to pick one. Okay, sorry. I'm going to pick horror comedy. All right, it's All a right. horror comedy. And uh, what other films fall into this classification? I would Evil say Evil Dead Two, Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two, or any almost anything Sam Raimi. I was going to say not, anything Sam Raimi's done, not including the Spider-Man movies, although you would might consider a little bit of horror element in, in those movies. Um, Ghostbusters, which we talked about. Um, uh, you know, does The Frighteners That's more comedy horror. I guess The Frighteners, the Peter Jackson movie, uh, in his early stuff, too, probably would you would consider that. Uh, Shaun of the Dead. Um, you know, so there's. I feel like there's a lot of movies. A Scream, I mean, the whole Scream series, maybe even Scary. I've never seen any of the Scary movies. movies scary movies those are, are better. Those, 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 those are like comedy horror. Yeah, yeah, those are straight-up comedies, <laughs> those are, though. Those, those are like comedy, comedy, comedy horror. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> those aren't really meant to be scary. They're meant to be funny the entire way through. So, But back to American Werewolf in London. Um this is just a very good movie. This is a, this is a very potent horror movie at the same time, and, and a very clever comedy kind of uh, mixed together. And I remember seeing it when I was, you know, in, in high school, thinking that you know I was really into horror movies. I really liked um, Stephen King books when I was a kid, when I was you know, 12, 13, 14. and I loved Tales from the Crypt. So I had kind of a fondness for um, for uh, comedy and horror. I guess Tales from the Crypt is another example of a, of a thing that about. Piece of entertainment that kind of combined, you know, uh, horror and comedy together. And if you think about it, horror is kind of a ridiculous genre. I mean, you know, monsters are it's it, the whole the whole thing is a little bit silly. And if you take you're a, a little t- bit silly, yeah, yeah, I am but a yeah, bit silly. point made, point made, yeah. point made. And, yeah. You know, that, the whole concept of a werewolf, of a vampire, of you know, these things are, you know, they were they're scary maybe when you're six or seven years old, but as an adult, they're not really scary. So I think. Injecting, Get it together, in, everybody. injecting humor scary. and some, um, I don't, I, I don't know if cynicism is the right word, but uh, skepticism about the, uh, you know, it's almost a meta movie where you know the people in the movie like know under, already kind of know about werewolves and it's like it's almost like they've seen werewolf movies and um, so you know I feel like it's a, it's it's scary while at the same time being uh, kind of self aware and clever and funny at the same time. And uh, I, I always kind of just like the story. I really like the acting in the movie. I, I thought Griffin Dunn is, gives this terrific comic performance as his uh, friend who's killed. And it's not really a spoiler to say because it's in the first 15 minutes. And, um, you know, I think the effects are, are pretty uh, spot on for the time. And, uh, you know, the soundtrack. I mean, John Landis was always really great at picking soundtracks for his movies like Animal House and the Blues Brothers and in uh, this movie in particular. And, uh, you know, I think this is just a really solid, you know, you could, you could watch it as a, as an adult, you could watch it as a comedy. Uh, if you wanted to watch a comedy, you could watch it. If you were in the mood for a horror movie, you could watch it as a horror movie. So, um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's really stood the test of time. I want, you know, watching it again, it's been a long time since I've seen it. Um, years, I can't remember the last time I've watched this all the way through. Uh, but you know, I was laughing and, uh, you know, there wasn't really scared, but I mean, I could understand why someone might be a little scared. So I don't know. Sorry about that. We dropped for one second, but we're back. Um, so what were we saying before? So anyway, I-, I was saying the pacing of the movie. It's just, there's so many scenes that are like, oh my God, when he's in the apartment, they, they, they could have cut so much of the movie out and then spent more time doing more constructive things like developing the character or the romance. The romance is this weird thing. Like it was literally, they just wanted a bone. Like it wasn't anything. I didn't what? buy that they cared about each other. I thought she was just like, oh, he's some hot guy. I had well, chemistry in the hospital. I didn't, not really. I just, I guess oh. I didn't understand the circumstances. So if you're in this hospital for three weeks, 
why are you staying in London? Wouldn't you be extradited back to America? Or, or like, I don't understand why why he's like. Not I don't, if you were I, attacked by a serial, what they assume is a serial killer. I mean. Anyway, but to get to Mike's point, I think that the second half of this movie, when we get to him transitioning onward, is a lot better than the opening portion. I just think getting to that point, we're, we're talking about like halfway through the movie before we see him transition. Probably more than halfway through. Yeah. And we know it's going to happen. We, like, we know it's going to happen. There's no mystery, right? So we know it's going to happen. It's just like, let's go. Get on with it. It's just a dream sequence after dream sequence. Which, by the way, that's, that's where we got sidetracked. We were talking about that. And I, I'm like, this This is not, spend that, you know, all that special effects and that time and that emotional, like, peaks there. Put that in the actual story. Don't do that. And then be like, nope, that's okay. She's not dead. No, his family's still alive. It was just, like, pointless. And then it was just like, so what, what, what's the point? We're just going to see a bunch not, of gore? It was not pointless. It was to show that his mind is is, is changing. It's, it's You can do that more it, creatively and more constructively. In, well, I, thought, I thought it was creative. They're showing... Uh, Nazis, zombies attacking his family while they're watching the Muppet Show. I mean, how? I mean, come on! If you're not, if that's that not creative. A, I don't know what is. I, but weird I, does not mean creative. Well, well, weird it can be well, creative. To, to defend, Maybe I should say not a, in a more effective way. Well, I think that to defend what Dave is saying, I think this is another example of this movie having great scenes, but not the connective tissue to push it all together. I think that that dream sequence is actually very cool. I agree with you, and it's very. It's like which out of one? The there was fifty of them. <laughs> there were like three. I think there were just like three. There, there was three. There's, There's one three. where he's in the woods and whatever. But the, uh, the but see now that see that one. If we cut just to him in the woods hunting, right? That one is much more poignant because for me that that's that's perfectly conveying what he's going through. He's he's turning into something. He has these desires to hunt, eat meat, all that stuff. What is the point of showing a bunch of Nazi wolves coming in and murdering his family? Like it doesn't really. I think. Well, I mean. If you wanted, or or show him coming in and murdering. I mean, his let's family. analyze. Like, it doesn't like. Let's try to analyze that sequence a little bit to provide some more context to it. So, um, my interpretation of it, and I actually think it's a pretty decent sequence. Um, one, like Dave is saying, his mind is changing. He's starting to go into the psychological. Uh, error of terror and fear and a lot of that is amplified by a it's made very clear that he's jewish um both based on a circumcision joke oh, that's right and uh, you can see a menorah very visible in the family room mm-hmm. um it too um he cares about his family as evidenced by the time he calls his sister i'm guessing before he tries to kill himself and that was a good scene i like that scene, again actually. great yeah. scenes without the connective tissue to hold it all together right um so he completely disagree about this connective tissue we know we know <laughs> but that sequence is praying like so it, it, it's doing all his worst fears i mean as a jew it's nazis it's his family being attacked and uh and it's the zombie and undead is that i guess the descent into madness i don't know if you can add more context that i'm not adding dave i uh, don't know i mean i I have no more context except for the fact that like you know it, it what what i feel like he's going through in the movie is that uh, he's he's basically taking all the 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 scariest uh the worst possible things that could happen you know that his his deepest darkest fears are basically coming you know that which is essentially what nightmares are but he's having the worst nightmare you could ever have so whatever's happening to a, a person i mean if you, if you guys have ever been through dark times in your life i mean i you know i don't tend to remember my dreams a lot or, or nightmares a lot, to, uh, you know, to be honest. But um, I, you know, I think when, when, when things are, are rough for you, I, I think nightmares tend to be uh, rougher. So um, I, I, I mean, that, it's just, uh, yeah, it's, I've it, never had a Nazi zombie dream. <laughs> and the thing is that we're David and Mike and I are kind of dumping on this movie, probably a little unfairly considering the fact that, I mean, it's, it's well loved. I mean, this movie, is it? Has it get, so critically, yes. how was it received? Yeah. Critically, it was received well, I believe. Yeah. Yes. And it was also a box Roger office Ebert hit. Roger was one of the few people to... Uh, and and Ebert gets it. things wrong all the time. I mean, he... Uh, he I mean, I, I, I often disagree with Ebert more than I do agree with him, um, which is it's kind of funny. But um, yeah, like, 
it's just there's something about this film that I don't know what I wanted more. And maybe it's because I've seen Evil Dead 2 and I've seen Sam Raimi movies and I've seen Shaun of the Dead. And I just kept on expecting more from this. See, this movie to me even holds up even better than a movie like Evil Dead 2. I mean, for, for me, I mean, I, I'm sorry. Uh. But it's, 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 the, it's the way I, I mean, it, Evil Dead 2 isn't something I really grew up with. I mean, it's something I did see Neither and did enjoy. I, but I guess the way I look at Evil Dead 2, even if you don't even jive with the horror comedy of Evil Dead 2, cinematically, what he is doing with his camera in Evil Dead 2 is... Yes. Sam Raimi is a filmmaker that I look at him and I'm like, this guy is a guy who should be making movies. This is what he is born to do. Sorry, I watched this movie and I don't necessarily think that John Landis... He's not very showy with the camera. He never has been. He's more showy with... He's... he's, I think he's a better writer, honestly, than... I mean, it's... Oh, he wrote this? Okay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. What is another movie he's done? Maybe I... I mean, maybe I'm just not familiar with his film. I mean, he's got a very loose style. And so the movies that he's done, um, uh, Animal House, um, The Blues Brothers... Uh, you know, oh, they're, they're almost yeah. like he's really good at making fun movies, and I would put this in the category of one of those. I mean, I find this to be a fun movie, even though it has this very dark ending. If we're going to spoil it, I mean, it, it's got a very dark ending, which I, which I've always really respected about it, because monster movies can go either way. They can have a happy ending where, where the guy is is cured, and and the couple, you know, they're together and they've conquered evil. Uh, or you go the other way, where things don't quite work out, you know, and uh, or things really, really don't work out in this case. And uh, you know, I think it's it's got a really effective ending. I mean, if if you buy into this relationship between him and the nurse, um, played by Jania Gutter, and I'm, I'm forgetting her name now, the character in the movie, um, which I did. And if you buy into the other characters, I mean, there's that, they don't really flesh out all the characters. It's kind of a tight movie. It's only like an hour and a half. Um, but that's the thing. But it, you also buy into this, real, this friendship relationship. I mean, if you, I mean, obviously you guys didn't, but I mean, I really, I really liked the relationship that they, that they had at the beginning, where they're walking together, their dialogue, their chemistry, and then to see his friend killed see, suddenly, and then to like, have that relationship with with this undead creature, he keeps coming back. He, he's, he's that friendship to me in, the, in, the, in that movie. It just seemed very theatrical and not in a good way. Like it seemed more like like, hey, buddy. Let's go do this. Sure, buddy. Let's go. Like, it seemed yeah. almost like like vaudeville or something to yeah, me. Like, it definitely. Feel yeah. Right. yeah, and if you watch his other movies, he's definitely that's definitely his style. So I guess if it doesn't work for you, I mean, it's... I mean, there is you know. there is some truth to that relationship at the beginning, the way they are joking and, you know, telling they're ragging on each other and the way they're playing off their fears and all that. I, I think that Dave is right, that there is some truth to that I'm friendship. Some, yeah, I'm not saying there's nothing. There's some. It, it seemed a little weird. And... Certain things like... I guess my issue is I think that Jenny, I said Jen, mm. the actress is Jenny. I forget Jenny. the nurse's name, yeah. which is probably a problem. But her, the, Dave, the relationship between her and David, um, I actually think they have a lot of chemistry, David. I agree with you. I think they have a great amount of chemistry. I just didn't under... I conceptually did not understand why she was staying... Why he was staying at her apartment. Alex is funny, funny, I guess. But Alex. like, uh, I just... And so I just had a hard time from a plot perspective understanding how they were brought together. Like, well, I guess where's he gonna go? I mean, he's he's just came out of the hospital. But she was she. You would invite a guy who just just lost his best friend, was attacked by a, a serial supposedly a serial killer. Um, you would invite him back to your apartment strictly 
like the way that she she put, says that she's had multiple one night stands, so it's not out of her character <laughs> to do that. I like, just it just didn't feel like any human, any woman probably, would do that. They're ever. probably both in their mid twenties. I mean, it, they haven't lived long enough to really. I don't know. I <laughs> see that didn't that didn't bother me because I feel like that's something people would probably do. But really, I guess what world are we living? In? <laughs> it's probably a lot more so that that way now than it was back then when this was happening. So I I, I don't know. I, I that you, didn't so bother you guys me. Did it's more about like sorry, go ahead. I just think again, one of the, this is always, I always critique romances for this where it happens like they're in love too fast versus just being like, I don't know, there's something about like it has to develop. And I feel like they spent all this time on other things instead of maybe developing that a little bit more. Like the first thing she does is start feeding him food, which is a little like it's it creepy, right? Yeah, it was like weird. Like it's like this oddly baby infantile thing. Maybe it's because I feed my son, so I just yeah. think about that. <laughs> like, fair enough, <laughs> no, it is. It's, it is. I think like. I, and but, I think it happened too soon. Like, I, I don't think a nurse in that situation would be like, okay, I'll feed you. She's going to be like, okay, I have to eat this. When I come back, I expect it to be eaten and walk out of the room. Like, other ways of doing it. I don't think you're going to jump to being like, oh, I'll sit next to you on your bed and feed you because you're refusing like a child to eat your food. And the other, the other, I guess, going back to what Mike said about for a movie that you claim is tight, it just feels so shaggy in so many scenes. That montage sequence shaggy, is, yes. is an eternity. Like, yeah. The um, montage scene of... Um, him like waiting in the apartment there's literally a scene oh. where it's a, there's a shot for like 20 seconds of him just pacing back and forth and I'm like I get it well okay so they're playing bad they don't play all of Bad Moon Rising right? I think they do no they don't <laughs> I know they don't because I remember I've seen this movie enough times to know that they interrupt the song in so, like halfway like, through so it's only been, like a minute and a half or two minutes but maybe it feels long which isn't, isn't good but I, I think that uh, maybe it's effective because it, it's you know, he's okay. waiting all day. And they it's spend all this time in the hot. Every scene just drags out. It's like the pacing of each individual even the sex, scene. And even the, the sex structure. scene is like, do I have enough thrusting shots? And I'm like, <laughs> right, yeah, it's like, all right, we, like, we get it. Like, this it, is... it was very Top Gun. Like, it was, <laughs> oh my god. Um, uh, but the thing, I, the thing is, going back to you know why I think there is chemistry between the two of them. I think they're both affable actors. Mm-hmm. I think they're very likable looking. You know, like it's just likable looking. Likable looking. Yeah, like, like I, easy on the eyes. <laughs> In a romantic, I guess that relationship works for me if this is a romantic comedy. But maybe it's just because of all the other circumstances in the movie. I don't, it, it keeps up. By being a horror comedy, it wants to have its cake and eat it too. Like it wants everything. And it, I don't yeah. know if it can Something have about, everything. I feel like the, the main character yeah, is David, I right? Know. I think it, it has plenty of cake and deserves it. Oh, it has cake, all right. It's just, you know, I don't want to eat that cake. Just... So I think, like, David is, so David's main character, right? That's his name? Yes. Yeah. I think he's a very likable character. I think he's got a lot of charm, and I think he's very good. Comedically, he has a, a couple of really good scenes, but I feel like this is a movie where he's miscast because there's a lot of scenes where he has to be serious, and he has this this face that always has a perpetual, like, slight smile. Hmm. Which he looks is kind like of... Harold Ramis. Hmm? Did anyone feel that? No. no. Okay, never mind. Sorry. <laughs> um, but no, I feel like there's a lot of scenes. I just, I don't know. It seemed like he was like smirking through the whole thing and he's supposed to be like terrified. Now, I'm not talking yeah. about the transformation scene. I think I mean, you nailed that one. I think but. once, I think at the beginning, definitely, yes, he's kind of like this uh, snide kind of. No, I'm talking about scenes where he's getting chased down and his friend's getting murdered. He's like, hey! And he's kind of got this weird smile. Does he? Well, well yeah, because he's not taking it's it just seriously. His, I think it's just his face. Like, I have the same problem with Orlando <laughs> Bloom. Orlando Bloom has a perpetual like smirk in the corners of his mouth. It's very subtle. <laughs> I'm like, why are you smiling right now? Don't smile. This is serious. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, Towards the end of the movie, when he realizes what he's done, I think his performance is, is actually pretty solid. Where he, he's he's trying to uh, he's trying to get himself arrested. He's trying to uh, get away from his girlfriend. He's trying to um, you know he, he, you see there's a scene in the phone booth where he talks to his sister. It's That's very a great scene. That's a good scene. And then yeah. he, he holds a Swiss Army knife up to his wrist like he's gonna kill himself. I mean, of course he's doing whatever. He's 
doing and, it wrong. Yeah, he's doing he's doing it wrong. He's Everyone knows it's up the river, not across the street. <laughs> yeah, whatever. But, you know, this is a guy who, Down I mean, the block, not across the street. For me, it's always been really easy to put myself in his situation, maybe because his name is David. I don't know. But By the know, way, you know what? If you're trying to get arrested, why don't you punch the cop in the face? He was not trying. He was not trying at all. Assault the cop. You'll get yourself arrested real quick. Picture yourself as, you know, because during the day, he's just a regular guy. And, and during the full moon, he's this monster. I mean... You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I felt like I was really, I could really understand why it was so difficult for him to kill himself. I mean, you know, oh it's, no, that I, I understand that. Know, I get okay, um, and, I, and I think that's conveyed, you know, effectively. Especially, there's a scene near the end where they're where they're in a porno theater, and uh, he's talking to Griffin Dunn. His friend is de- like decayed beyond belief at that point, and he's and, and he's brought along with him like the victims in the movie, basically, and. That scene, I think, is one of my favorite all-time scenes of in 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 any movie, where where he's just he's, he's like it's almost like this a tea party where they're introducing each other in the movie theater. Like you know, meanwhile there's a porno movie happening. They're talking about the fact that they're all dead, that he's going to turn to a werewolf, and ways for him to kill himself. I mean, I mean, I almost wish there was a fourth person sitting right here to, to like confirm that I'm not crazy because no, to crazy. me, uh, to me, no, like you're not crazy. It's well, just a it's well written. It's funny. It's moving. You know, it's 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 all the things you're, it's it's supposed to, that you're supposed to have in a movie. Look, 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 we're not saying that they didn't do everything. They didn't do things right. They, there's some things that are smart. I'm just we can't have this podcast and be like, yeah, it's pretty good. We gotta we gotta come down pretty hard on this thing. Does it hold up? It does not hold up. Oh, it does hold up. It does not. I I I, I, I my thesis about it this holds movie. Holds up like I'm holding this bourbon. My thesis <laughs> about shaking. this film. <laughs> and, and I, <laughs> I keep coming back to this point. I think it's a series of really good scenes without the connective tissue to make it work as a movie. It does. It, it, the reason I said it as a terrible movie to begin with is I wouldn't classify. It just doesn't feel like a movie to me. Like I don't feel sad at the end of the movie. I did not, as Russell Crowe would say, I was, I was not, not entertained. entertained. Yeah. Oh man! Like at the end, I was like, wait, that was we're done. Like the, yeah, the, yeah. it was just. It's of course seen, you're done. The character's dead. <laughs> but I. I what, That's it. I, his journey just didn't like. He didn't he, really he started do. As he, didn't a, do he, sna- he started as a snide individual, and I don't think he ever had the emotional fortitude to like. Okay, so how does that? How do you make that arc really work? He should actually kill himself. Right. That's how that arc That's works. Right. Yeah, it's the fly ending. Like right. the fly has the he has to kill himself right. because he has to come to terms. With, he doesn't happen in this. He gets the easy way out. The cops shoot him. Yeah, and the thing is, as a character, you look at his actions. Right, so his actions are very important. What the character does. And he doesn't really do anything. He kind of half tries to kill himself, half tries to get himself arrested, stays in this girl's apartment, even when he thinks he might be a werewolf, knows later on that he is a werewolf. And what does he do? He goes to a porno theater and just sits down and chats with his friend instead of getting himself <laughs> locked up and doing something about it. He's kind of just like, if I know I'm becoming a werewolf and I have five hours till, till, till this happens, I'm getting away from society. I'm going to run into a countryside. I'm going to go dig myself a hole and hide in it. I'm going to do something so I don't murder people instead of going into the heart of the city, well, and, into I, a, an enclosed space where other people are. Yeah, well, there's only a second night as okay. a werewolf. <laughs> He's so, still working it out. He's still, still trying to figure it out. Still working on that. Now, moving on a little bit, Dave, have you seen the 1997 sequel, An American Werewolf no. in Paris? Well, I've seen bits and pieces Starring enough to know Tom that Everett, Scott. Yeah, I've seen bits and pieces enough to know that it's a terrible so movie. So that movie... That I, is a terrible movie. That movie I remember being advertised very heavily. I remember actually seeing like the previews for it in theaters and stuff. And it was, I believe, a, a big flop, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, but sure. why, <laughs> what about, like, I want to watch, I kind of want to watch that movie now, almost be like, why is that, wor- like, what, why is there magic in this one for you, and why does that not work? Because essentially, it's the same concept. It's a backpacker. It's a horror comedy that takes place in um, in Paris instead of London, right? Right. And I believe it's, con- the, con- the connective tissue is that uh, in the night that Alex and David have sex, um, 
she gets pregnant with the uh, Tom Everett Scott character in the sequel. Okay. That is no what idea. I thought was going to happen. I thought so she was he the get... werewolf? Or... Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I, I the big know. twist at the end was that she was going to be pregnant with his child and the lineage continues with the wolf. <sighs> okay, we're here. You don't, you don't need that kind of thing. I mean, this movie... I don't say you needed it. I just thought that was going to happen. I mean, this movie... That. I mean, the character in this movie has, like I said, the kind of this classic monster movie arc. You're right. He doesn't try to kill himself. He doesn't really try to do the honorable thing. He didn't do anything. Like, didn't do anything. Like, <laughs> but that doesn't always happen in, in these kind of movies. Sometimes... These characters are just the victims. It's like he starts out, but he this careless, like, yeah, I don't know, let's just do whatever. And at the end, he's just like, yeah, I don't know, let's just do whatever. It's like, <laughs> no, he's not. I mean, at the after he finds out he's a werewolf and that he's killed people, he tries to get himself arrested. He tries to kill himself. But he didn't he, really he, try. He, he, Come on, man. He, did. Oh, he didn't have maybe he didn't put have your enough, back into he didn't it. Have enough time. He slept in. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly my point. Hey, if you had gone out. As a werewolf killing party, people, he wakes up in the zoo and he and he doesn't. He's not quite sure exactly what happened until kind By of. By the like, way, what was the point mid- of the balloons? Why didn't he just grab? We don't need the balloon scene. It's a com- it's a comedic beat. But yeah. I, I thought okay, so talk about comedic beats. I, I thought an him- American man stole my balloons. That's why this movie is so good because it has really great comic lines in it. I mean, in my opinion, that's a good line. Yeah, that was right. And <laughs> and the reveal of him in the coat waiting for the, the bus. The coat was great. See, and, and everything with I, I think you could get rid of the whole balloon scene, which just felt weird and clumsy to me. It was okay. It's fine. I, I thought the woman's coat. <laughs> I thought it was great. And especially when you see his legs, you're like, is he standing there naked? Oh, no, he's got a, a woman's coat on. Okay, that's all right. Um, so, um, I mean, come on, guys. I mean, I'm just going to. Uh, Dave, it's I'm, almost like I want our I want listeners for this episode so they can like, they can, like chime write, in. This write is, in. This is you're a, never going to find them, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, one of my favorite lines is Griffin Dunn talking to him at the beginning of the movie where he says, Have you tried talking to a corpse? It's boring. I mean, there's. There are nothing, go- nothing. Uh, <laughs> I, maybe this style. I didn't mean to call you a meatloaf, Jack, when he's transforming into a werewolf. This uh, kind of like this kind of comedy, like <laughs> dad jokes. The, the guys talking to him in the movie here. Our gun is good. You just put the gun in your forehead and pull the trigger. If you put it in your mouth, you'd be sure not to miss. Oh, I come think, on! Th- this is great. I just want Dave to do the rest <laughs> of the movie. I, th- I think that this is how we should, you know, complete the podcast. No, I guess. Okay. This would be good. this would be a good place to get fan comments. The guys in the, in the we haven't talked about the slaughtered lamb, the bar. I mean, come on. Let's talk about the slaughtered the slaughter lamb. Slaughter why is, great. Why is that great? It's great because you have I don't know you have these like kind of just like these uh, almost like these constipated British characters who don't who all know, of a sudden become jovial and start singing and having fun and then all of a sudden switch back to mean and weird. Like what is this? What are they? I don't understand. Okay, I I don't understand the okay. I don't What's get the, the motivation myth- or mythology of anything. So there apparently is already a werewolf that they are well aware of, that, yes. th- that they know about. Yes. So after why didn't they, they kill it before? Why, or after they find David and know he's been bitten, why don't they just kill him? Why, why even give clean his wounds uh, and give I him to know. the... Like, right, yeah. Why well. even let the lineage continue? And... He, um, if I'm not mistaken, who knows? His, but that's exactly. a that's a problem. That's exactly. that's a problem. Yeah, I'm not, hey, I never said this was a perfect movie. You said it was a great movie. <laughs> you said it was I, a great movie, I, and I stand by that. So you, I get, <laughs> perfect doesn't have to be great. Um, okay, it, you're right. It isn't Jurassic Park, but anyway. Oh, um, <laughs> so the sequence. Okay, so if I'm understanding things correctly, uh, his friend, all the people he kills, cannot go to the afterlife until he, uh, all the werewolf lineage is killed, correctly? Yeah. So if David kills himself, they're still going to be walking in limbo because the original werewolf is still alive, correct? I think no. they killed him. They, 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 killed killed, him. They, killed, they killed that werewolf. When? In the beginning. In the beginning. When they, 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 they showed him looking right. to the side. There's a dead guy. A naked dead guy who got shot. Yeah. What was this? In, right after. Like, so he gets in, attacked. They come in with a gun. They shoot him. 
And then he, it's like one shot. And he turns over and there's a naked dead so guy. So it's that bloody. easy. To, so to kill a werewolf, all you have to do is shoot the werewolf. Yeah, that's it. I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, I know. It, I do enjoy the metatextual stuff where they're like, oh, do I need a silver bullet? He's like, oh, you watch too many movies. Like, yeah. This oh, well. Right. But, and that was kind of a new thing at this well, point it's in very, film history. So. Oh, it is. Again, I think this movie inspired so many. It's the Scream thing. Like, like when Scream came out, that was a revolution because the characters in that movie knew they were in a horror movie. Yeah, I want to redo this podcast and invite Edgar Wright to come on this because I feel like Edgar Wright would like. Edgar Wright would agree with me that Evil Dead does it better. Uh, I bet he would agree with me that this movie does it better. Tweet him. You should tweet Let's him. Let's tweet him. We're going to tweet him this episode. You think that Edgar Wright is a bigger fan of American Werewolf in London than that Evil Dead 2? I, w- I am... At least, as big, at least as big a fan. Edgar Wright, Hang whose on. style is, in, is is essentially stolen from, from Sam, Sam Raimi. Raimi. Yeah, hey. He thinks he's a bigger fan hold of this on, yes. Hold on, hold on, guys. I'm not saying he's a bigger we're, fan. We're, I'm we saying gotta, he's going to be, he's going to be, he's going to defend me. He's we need, say, we need a wager. We need a wager. How, what, what are we putting on this? Because this, this is, is a movie I'm going to put on when I want to watch a fun movie. That's what he's going to say. No, no, no. I agree that Edgar Wright probably is a fan of this movie just because of his stylistic, te- like his, what he gravitates towards in terms of comedy and horror and juxtapositioning genres. I agree with that statement. And he would say, as I'm about to say, that this movie is important because it inspired many movies afterwards. But I don't Definitely. think he would argue with the fact that so many movies have come out since that have done it better. And that, okay, hold that on. doesn't make it any less of a class. Dave, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Guys, 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 guys. Listen. The stakes are this. <laughs> we're gonna ask Edgar Wright. We're gonna tweet him. He's not gonna respond. Not, it hold on. Matter. We got. We, no. Hold on. Just go with me on Look, this one. I think he knows Dave Chen. You know Dave Chen. So you tweet Dave Chen. CC. Basically, Edgar we're Wright. gonna say what the, 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 the stakes are. This you think that Edgar Wright will think that Evil Dead did it better than American Werewolf in London? Yes. What is the what are this what are the wagers? What are we doing? does it have what, to be what, better? Can it be at least as that, good? That was it. And you, <laughs> you challenged him on it. Now what, what are we I gonna, said what at least as good. What, what's the what, what all you have to do you is lose, what? you tweet at Edgar Wright. Which movie do you like better, An American Werewolf in London which or did Evil it Dead Two? Which did it? Better. No, which movie do you like better? Okay, right? No, I think you said which one. He would agree that it would. We're getting we'll, into we'll, semantics. We'll reconvene. Now. We'll reconvene. We'll discuss. This is a syntax thing. We need to, and if we will. And when he him. ends up agreeing with Dave, whatever, like it's yeah, fine. But what are you gonna yeah. do? This is a bet, guys. Come yeah. on, you're doing Screw this. Uh, Screw you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but like, well, I guess, I guess my thing is, you can't validate your opinion by using someone who also corroborates your opinion. It's just your opinion, right? So, I mean, no, I think if he says it's better, then it's better. Because Edgar Wright <laughs> is a genius, and he deserves everything he says. Is, is no, because he's, no, because he's famous, and famous people know better and they're never wrong so <laughs> i don't know i just i don't know I, um maybe i went in with too high of expectations because i was expecting an evil dead to like experience i didn't get that i was going into expecting a good movie oh <laughs> wow. i'm saying this is basically this is i know you and, liked Maud, uh harold and maude this is harold and maude for me oh boy i was like damn it dave we were going so no, well you had such good i ones. chose harold and maude so you can take the blame on me for that but, oh, i do oh that hey. wasn't you no, oh, I chose was, Harold Amon. I am so sorry, Dave. No. Actually, and you've had a really That's good okay. track record. I love Harold Amon. What? You've had a good track record then. I think so. I think I liked the rest of this ones you've. Uh, yeah, for the most part. For the prosecution I didn't was... love um, the the heist movie. Grifters. I can't really. Talk I was just gonna say Grifters. Was Grifters. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of the Grifters. Okay. But... It was pretty good. It was better than this one. No, you didn't start off by calling it a, calling it a terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> because I think we're. I, it's I, feisty. Get the people going. No, but it's I controversy. think controversy. I think going. Okay, so what is the point of this show? Our goal is to take movies that we either haven't seen or haven't seen in a long time and watch them now. And I, and see whether or not they hold a modern up. audience. Me, because I definitely have never seen. And, and Mike things. is like the quintessential modern audience because he has no history of cinema, <laughs> right? 
Nothing. He I don't know. Nothing. I don't even know what a camera is. He's an idiot. No, I'm I'm a, I'm a when fool. Edgar Wright tweets out about this movie and how great it is, you guys are going to go back and rewatch this movie in a few months. And then <laughs> I don't think I can, I can. I don't think I could do it. The only way I could do is I could pretend to like it, and I can't pretend to love this uh, movie. Yeah. Like it's it's. That's true. You did it for The Godfather, as as revealed in the last podcast. That you, hmm? pretended you pretended to like, to like it before we saw, you. Saw oh, it. that's true. Well, I've gotten over that. I'm I'm old now. I don't. I can't pretend old, to true. like movies. Yeah, you don't anymore. have time for pretending. And yeah. I will say, in talking to you, Dave, I have more admiration. I'm no longer calling it a terrible movie. I'm, I, I'm, I'm rescinding. <laughs> I'm calling it a flawed movie that has been surpassed by your, your, its, your its thumb success. is kind of going like this. Yeah. Your thumb is right? sideways. Your thumb is sideways. My thumb is down sideways. Like mine sideways. is mine is staunchly down because uh, you, you keep on down bring, like Joaquin Phoenix in uh, Gladiator. Gladiator. Well, you you Pinky keep out the down thumb. Dave, wow. you have brought you have brought up scenes that I'm like, you're right. Those are good. I can't I can't <laughs> deny like the scene in the porno theater. This idea that they're having this conversation about life or death, and there's literally this ridiculous pornographic scene in literally. the background. Even the porno scene is hilarious. That exactly. <laughs> That's I agree that 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 combination. It, this whole movie is is whether or not those contrasts work for you. And that's that's where it does work. And this idea that you play this um, this song, which is so um, played, it's it's Tarantino esque in the how the transformation scene, the song plays against what's happening. Yeah, true. That's very well, fifteen years, um, like ten years before Tarantino. Made a movie. But but you know what I'm saying? That's some that's a technique that Scorsese and Tarantino use all the time. This right. idea of playing. Or I was going to tweet Scorsese and say, "Who does it better, Tarantino?" I don't know if Scorsese Landis. would love this movie. <laughs> I wish Scorsese was on Twitter. Is he on Twitter? I don't think so. He's got to be. Someone is tweeting. We haven't done in, a. We haven't. Done well, there's Scorsese at least a fake Scorsese account. We could ask him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, let's let's ask the parody Martin Scorsese account. Yeah. Which yeah. movie he likes better? Well, what's his name? And the thing is, Dave's going to end up winning this battle because this movie is is a venerated classic. We are totally in the minority here. Sorry, like, <laughs> sorry, sorry, guys. And I've tried to, I've tried but to illustrate like, why I think it is. I think that this movie is a movie that people give a pass. Like they don't actually watch it now and be like, "Oh, it was a great movie." It's it's hard for me to judge this. I mean, objectively, objectively, right? Because right? I've seen. I mean, but I didn't see it when it came out. I was I was four yeah, years old when it came it, out. It's so. it's the Wayne's World thing for me. I can't watch Wayne's World and be like objectively because I love that movie so much as an intrinsic part of growing up. Like, right. so uh, this is another conversation we have about. Uh, we have on this podcast a lot is can you divorce yourself from who you were when you first saw this? Right. Movie? It's, it's kind of like when Mike wanted to do honey, I shrunk the kids. <laughs> See, and I took, I was under heavy fire for that. Yeah. And I'm like, it's a great movie. Screw you guys. It's great. It's got great lines. Yeah. But, yeah, but it really isn't that great. Movie. This is this. You guys, we're on the opposite side of the coin here. Don't you see? Yeah, exactly. Dave, you are Mike in talking about honey. I shrunk the uh, yes. kids. Which one was better? Honey, I Shrunk the Kids of this movie. They're totally... I think that this movie... No, I recently actually I read a review uh, or an interview with Rick Moranis. He's thinking about uh, coming back to acting. So. Yes! Because in, in that podcast, we told him, we were like, we miss you. Come yes. back. I guess he's been listening. That's clearly through the waves, magically, he... With his ears. Got to him. So, yeah, with his ears. He must have, must have heard. <laughs> okay, yeah. So um, special effects are amazing. Great scenes, but altogether not a good movie. Is All that right. the conclusion we're yeah, coming absolutely, to? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. No, that's not the conclusion. Not even on the shelf. <laughs> I'll use it for a doorstop. I mean, if it's a majority vote, then yes, this is not a good movie. If it's uh, if it's a... Did your wife enjoy this movie? Uh, I don't know. She, I don't know that she made it all the way through it. I kind of uh. watched. No, I mean, I, I was watching it. and She was doing other. Things. And I, the I, case I, is closed. I, I didn't sit down and say, "Hey, we're watching this movie." So did I, your wife I like it? She didn't watch the. She didn't you know watch what? She, I think she either. liked it more than I did. She's like, I was like, "Are you into it?" She's you know like, yeah, what? I'm kind of into it. She should have been on the podcast. Girlfriend didn't love it. In Rebecca. fact, 
I, by the way, guys, I have to say, movies in general suck me in. I tend to watch them. Even if I don't love them, I'll watch them. It'll, it can still like pull me in. And it I was so bored I got up to get ice cream, and Queenie was narrating it for me while I was getting ice cream. That's what... He's still pacing his so apartment. Wait, you, went, you went out to a store. <laughs> she, she called you on a phone. Yeah, and she's like, you won't believe what's happening. He's still in the apartment. <laughs> what? Did he turn into a werewolf yet? Uh, no, not really. He had a dream about it, though. <laughs> oh, my God. But you got to admit, transformation sequence, very good. Right? It's pretty good. It's, it's okay. It's a little... I think the makeup of his friend was fantastic, especially when he's like... You don't fresh, think... I don't know how they did the, the the transition where it does it no, from his hand right. to... It, but it looked a little... Amazing. It looked a little yeah. masky or a little... But I, even still, emotionally, I feel like... Like you said, it seemed painful. I didn't... I wasn't taken out of it by how things looked weird. Like... And the, and the, so the makeup on his friend, when he's like freshly killed corpse friend, where it's like everything is like bloody and flappy and like just moving around while he's talking. I mean, that looked great. I get... And Disgusting. This, this is a... But great. Okay, my final hypothetical question. We start to close down here. Here's oh my God, question. Oh God, here we go. If this movie comes out today... Does it get good reviews, Dave? Yes. You think so? Yeah, absolutely. This is coming to the cinema this Friday. Like this Friday. This is this gets this gets ninety percent Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it gets ninety percent. I mean, I'm looking at Wikipedia. It's eighty nine percent of Rotten Tomatoes. So I don't know. I mean, that doesn't hard, count though. That's people, hard. To, that's impossible to say. I I, mean, again, it's a hypothetical. I just don't know structurally. I think for today's audience, I think back in the day, actually, I could see it being. I mean, if if all the movies that it influenced hadn't come out before, then maybe yes. That's my point. Like, when this comes out, I can see this being a huge... Like, if I watched this in 1981, I'd be like, no one has ever done this. Right. When did Evil Dead 2 come out? Uh, Mid-80s. I would say 84, 85. So, like yeah. That. So, this is the first time that someone, like, really juxtap- juxtaposed these genres, right? Like, well, I mean, if you... If, I mean, you could go far as far back as, like, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. I mean, but that's, they, they, a, that's those, a straight-up comedy, were, There were comedy horror movies. What I don't about, know. Uh, what about Dr. Uh, Young Frankenstein? That's a Yo- straight-up comedy. No, no, that's just... And that's comedy. way later, by the way. Yeah. Is that later? That's really. It's like late eighties, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no. Young Frankenstein. That's like seventy three. Oh, never mind. Yeah, never mind. Let's You're see who, which one was first. He made his two best movies like in the same year: Blazing Saddles. Seventy four. Actually, I'm way wrong. And when was this one? This was eighty one. Yeah, I mean, but Young you, Frankenstein oh. isn't meant to be oh. scary, though. Like this is right. Tr- fair enough. There fair are enough. scenes yeah, yeah. in this movie that are supposed to terrify you. And right. and I mean, I I in thinking about some of the shots in this movie. I there's one where his genuinely... face that's all like uh like it's a quick shot of his like face all like yeah, yeah, goblin yeah. up. but there's also some genuinely up the, i mean there are some the, the sequence where he goes out killing for the first night there are some genuinely uh, scary moments at least in my opinion i mean the use of the steady cam in in the tunnel uh the, the shot above the um the escalator looking down as you see this guy kind of falling up the escalator and you just see the wolf walking and it doesn't you know it doesn't look fake it looks like an actual some like solid physical thing by the way, why did him? that guy not run he had the advantage he had the moving stairs in his know. favor I don't know I've, I, never I, been cha- I've never been chased by a werewolf paralyzed by fear paralyzed I haven't by been fear. there I haven't have been you, there he's like I mean, have you ever been in a situation where you've every been paralyzed by fear a, every, every morning when I wake up <laughs> no in all seriousness have you ever actually been in a situation where you've been like paralyzed by by fear only in dreams I only in dreams, dreams I've, yeah. been in, I've been uh, I won't, okay this is such a tangent it has nothing to do with werewolves but if you've ever like I once never stopped this before well, I had a house in Pittsburgh, and uh, in the middle of the night, my dog started barking, and uh, it was someone trying to break into the house. Oh. And I, I've never—I mean, I've, never in my life—I've I've barely been in, in a fight, and I, you know, I, I wouldn't know what to do. I didn't have a gun. I didn't have any kind of weapon in the house. And this guy is trying to use his key to break to just you know come into the house. And so I had no idea what was going on. I ran down to the basement. I got a crowbar. But I mean, I, I that feeling of like yeah. fear, of panic, that where you, you can't move and you can't do anything. It turned out it was just some drunk guy who thought it was his house. But for all I knew, it was oh, some guy geez. trying to get oh. in the house. Oof. 
I mean, it was a little terrifying. I was going to ask you what happened. I'm yeah, like, well, that's why I had to go to small. I had to go to court, and 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 he, you know, had to go to thirty days of whatever rehab for for alcohol. Being problem. a creepy guy. <laughs> I mean, imagine you're so drunk that you show up somebody. Anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. So that was a genuine for me. That was the one moment in my life where I can think I was genuinely like uh, almost frozen with terror. Like, but the, you were the, able to calling get the your... phone. I could feel like the adrenaline rushing through my veins. I mean, you could. But you were um, able to move, and you got a crowbar. Yes. You didn't just sit there and let him rob you and be like, no. Yeah. So I think when I see a movie, I try to judge it by you know, my, my own life experiences. And I, oh, I feel like... I thought know, of a moment. Yeah. Go for it. A moment. Okay. Um, so I um, I had taken an Ambien. Okay. <laughs> this, so is, I, this is already not quite... Oh boy. I woke up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and I'm oh. groggy. From number the, one or number two? One. Okay. Yeah, typically, it's just number one. I was just checking. Um, and I didn't bother to turn on the light. Because you know, sometimes I can, I can, like, I can. I, you can find it in the dark. Yeah, use the sonar method to to pee. Yeah, <laughs> I'm familiar with the area. But little did I know, my wife was already in the bathroom. Oh, doing it. This is gonna get weird. <laughs> this is gonna get so weird. And I like, like my leg brushes against her. Never been more scared of anything in my entire life. So she life. was just. I thought you were I, gonna say she was on the toilet while you were. She was. I hit her. Oh, oh. Not with my pee, but like I hit her with my body. <laughs> I have never been more... T- I screamed like a girl. Wow. Because it was pitch dark, and I'm like, there is a monster in this bathroom with me. And um, wow. my wife's like, I didn't know you can make noises like that. <laughs> anyway. And thankfully, it didn't scare the piss out of you, I'm assuming. No, I don't so, know. Let's just not go. All right, I got one. I got a scary story for Halloween podcast. <laughs> okay, right. A couple of years ago, back when we had the, the Derecho that came through and like tore everything up. and The Derecho? Derecho, Derecho. I don't know what the I, heck. I still don't know how to say I find that freaking it word. impossible to pronounce, too. The I mini tornado that came through. Yes. Uh, I was on my balcony just kind of looking at the wind, uh, and basically the wind was tearing out power cables. Yeah. Um, but all I could see was basically these balls of like bright light in the trees, and I just huh. thought maybe for a split second, I thought it might have been an alien attack. <laughs> and it was crazy because in that moment, I believed in something absolutely ridiculous that it was like magical yeah. powers that were just hitting yeah. the ground. And I'm like, oh my God, it's happening and it's real. Oh, it's, wow. it's power lines. Okay. Um, so in conclusion, my final thoughts on this movie is Landis penned the first draft for this script when he was 19 years old. And... Didn't change it since. No, but I think Probably that... that didn't. I think that that is a reflection of the movie we see on screen. A movie yep. that is peppered with fantastic scenes and really good ideas that but is flawed yeah. because it's not ref- it, it because as an it just doesn't he doesn't give you the satisfying like I go to a movie to feel like like after a really good movie I like I don't know, I just feel really satisfied and I just didn't get that feeling watching this. So yep. Well, what are you going to do, audience? Well, right in. It's gonna, up to you. We're going to be wrong about this, and I started no, it. I no, started it by starting with the hyperbolic there's, there's content. No, yeah, there's no wrong. Yeah, yeah, there's no wrong, but we're going to end up being like people going to be like you freaking morons. In this situation. We can never listen nope. to this podcast again because the idiots that <laughs> we're gonna lose don't all like five this movie. of our listeners. Mom, oh. dad, sorry. <laughs> Your parents are big fans of American. <laughs> women. I think my dad likes this movie. I don't. I, I doubt my, my mom dad has ever seen it. Hate this movie. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, there you go. See, Mr. Kander. Sorry, Mr. Hander. I think the answer. Uh, I said Kander. Doctor oh. Kander to you. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh, oh sorry. Hey. Doctor Glenn. Hey, doctor Glenn's. You should have a doctor off. A doctor. Uh, we dad should have off. a doctor. We should have a doctor dad off. That's if we fine. ever do a movie about doctors. <laughs> doctor dad. They're subbing. Yeah, we're gonna do Patch Adams, the yeah. classic film. <laughs> yeah. No, I want to do a movie about two. <laughs> Talk about terrifying movies. Doctor dads. Anyway. Um, Closing out this episode, um, which we were wrong on. <laughs> we're right. Uh, uh, Mike. Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at MikeMirandi.com or on Twitter at MikeMirandi. 
Dave. You can find me at Dave Glanz on Twitter, G-L-A-N-Z, or DaveGlanzProductions.com. And you can find me at Ivan Kander, that's K-A-N-D-E-R, uh, at Twitter, on Twitter. Um, my website is Lucky9Studios.com. And I write and edit and curate for website. Uh, what is it? Mike? Shortoftheweek.com. Bubble the boring okay. to you. Okay, there you go. Um, if you want to subscribe to this podcast, be sure to do so via iTunes and leave us a review. You Short can, of the week. You can find us at facebook.com slash reviewedpodcast or at reviewedpodcast.com. We can find all the newest episodes right there. And you can also email us to tell us how wrong we are and why American Werewolf in Paris, sorry, in London, is the greatest movie of all time. You can uh, do so at contact at reviewedpodcast.com. Uh, until next time, we are going to be discussing, uh, for next episode in two weeks, we're going to be discussing Donnie Darko, uh, the uh, film, a 2001 film? That's right. Starring, uh, yes, 2001, you're right. Starring Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, written and directed by Richard Kelly. So uh, be sure to watch that movie. And until next time, happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Ooh. Halloween. Beware of the moon. <laughs> what? I was doing the Jeff Goldblum laugh. He was oh. doing the Ian Malcolm. <laughs> yeah. You guys, uh, you two uh, dig up dinosaurs? Uh. <laughs> Life uh, finds a way. <laughs> <laughs>